When we're young, we move with freedom and confidence, with a great resilience to injury. Somewhere along the line, we develop poor habits and become more vulnerable to back pain. Smart Strong features evidence-based and practical advice to help you take back control of your health and get back to the activities you love. This is your guide to better health through movement. So join us as we demystify some of the commonly held beliefs about back pain and build your confidence to a stronger back, the smart pain. Welcome back to the Smart Strong podcast, everybody. I'm your host, Ben James. I'm with my co-host, as always, Jacob Stane. Morning, Jacob. Good morning, Ben. So last time we talked about acute pain, and we talked about some of the physiology behind acute pain to try and help the listeners understand just exactly what pain is, particularly as we talk about back issues and back health. Pain is clearly the first thing that a lot of people experience that gives them um, the perception or the uh, understanding that they've got a problem and how does that acute pain register and what do we do to try and manage it today we're talking about chronic pain and chronic pain is a little bit more multifactorial it's a little bit more confusing in terms of the research when does acute pain become chronic and how do we how do some patients become chronic and get chronic pain and how do we manage that and also we want to touch a little bit about neuropathic pain which we'll explain as we go through and how when that noxious stimuli and that peripheral problem is gone some patients can go on to continue and experience pain why is that and what can we do to help those patients that are at that stage what can we do to help those patients avoid getting to that stage so Jacob we talked about acute pain last time and as I mentioned in the opening chronic pain is a little bit more confusing in terms of timelines I know when we were discussing it there's some evidence in the research saying it's two weeks some evidence is saying well it's over over six months it becomes chronic um, but it's certainly something that we see a lot of patients will say they've been experiencing pain for maybe months or even on and off for a year or so is that something you, you get with your patients and some of the patients that you see Yes, of course. You know, as a chiropractor, we, we we get a lot of patients. I think most of our patients are chronic pain patients. Uh, not always uh, continuous, but maybe the same place uh, being painful for a couple of months and then easing off and then coming back and or sometimes just being painful throughout. So it's, it's something we deal a lot with. And um, yes, I hope we can give more information to listeners about how we approach this Ben. yeah absolutely and and as i said we talked last time about the acute pain and how the the physiology works that peripherally let's say we've got a problem or and when we say peripherally we don't just mean arms legs we just mean outside of the central nervous system so back pain for example um is a is an example of a peripheral pain so we might have a disc herniation we get that noxious stimuli that's telling the nervous system and ultimately the back to the brain that we've we've got pain now as we said last time that that uh, acute pain can be controlled and is often controlled um, initially with some painkillers but we said very much about getting back to movement and and ensuring that we don't get into that fear avoidance with chronic pain we're still experiencing that that noxious stimuli peripherally so 
the best analogy again is back to that patient that may have disc pain or a disc injury that is then sitting at a desk all day so the first incident occurs that might be the acute event let's say so you've you might have that that disc problem ongoing for some time but gradually it is recognized as pain which there's not necessarily an acute event that causes that acute pain so some of these terms are somewhat confusing because the acute pain that is the first pain you experience isn't necessarily from a, a significant acute event but let's say that over time that disc is becoming irritated and your first uh, awareness of it is that discomfort and that pain that's the acute pain we're talking about but over time if you're then sitting at a desk for periods of work or you're going to the gym after work and you're doing those activities that we talked about that are constantly kind of the analogy being picking the scab you're going to continually experience those noxious stimuli peripherally that are going to tell your brain that you're in discomfort and you're in pain so the physiology is very similar similar for chronic pain but really the difference is in the timing and the timelines of pain is that the best way you think jacob to explain it to the listeners that it's more a timing than it is a different way of that pain being registered yeah i, I think the main focus on especially the uh, chronic pain situation and how to explain it is looking at what you said especially the pain triggers so you you keep coming back to not injuring it over and over but hurting the painful place over and over and that's how you create a constant stimulation of the, the the injured tissue. In this case, you explain the disc, for example, by sitting maybe in a, in a posture that's not uh, good for that disc. The disc is not enjoying that the pressure it's undergoing. And so you have this 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 constant pain trigger that you're entering, uh, and so this is not allowing it to heal. So the the problem is becoming chronic and like we've discussed and uh, before already that it's multifactorial so there will be other factors also playing a part for example uh, if you look at diet your 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 ability to heal through controlling the inflammation in your body uh, stress sleep uh, your overall ability to recover and so if you keep hammering that pain trigger in other words hurting that painful place or that tissue in this case you're stimulating the same pathways and so you're not actually allowing the acute injury which is what we want or we discussed in the previous podcast to uh, to allow your immune system and your body to just go to that place and heal it and and within a few days already experiencing relief and so then we we go into that chronic stage and like you said, maybe it can be a few days or a few months. It doesn't really matter if it's ongoing, it becomes chronic. Yes. Yeah. And I think the the biggest point there is, and, and, and often what we find is that, like you say, that chronic pain, that low grade pain may be there for some months, some time, whereas someone might ex experience that acute event that is significantly more uncomfortable. And that almost makes them take more action because of the concern initially whereas those people with chronic pain tend to potentially or some patients with chronic pain tend to have a lower grade pain before they do anything about it if that makes yeah. sense yeah yeah and and 
it's good you say that. Um, not only being a low-grade pain, I think people also get used to the situation. And there's, there's a sort of subconscious ac uh, accepting of the situation. And so they'll be, um, you know, I, I have a patient at the moment, he's uh, sitting behind the desk a lot, uh, has his own business, he's quite driven, um, maybe mid-40s, and he plays hockey. Uh, but it, when I do my tests, and you know the heel drop test and all the tests that puts pressure through his low back they're all positive and he has some nerve tension going on but he's so used to the situation it might have started gradual and never you know never gotten really bad but it's, it's bad enough to come to me that uh he's used to it and he's just he's, he's playing hockey and he's sitting behind the desk and kind of accepting of the situation yes yeah and he almost just interprets that as well this is just part of the work that i do this is the problem i have as a result of that and that's just the way it is yes yes and and luckily well a good thing is that he came to me and i could do the test and i can explain to him look you know this can progress and get much worse uh or we can actually take charge of it and we can fix it but there's a, a very good example of months of chronic pain yeah and i think there's two there's two elements there that I think we, we felt were important to cover in, in, in the podcast here, and that is that chronic pain over time can lead to, well, first and foremost, it's telling us that there's an ongoing problem, and that problem or that structure that is injured again back, let's say, to the disc, over time we can see um, a exacerbation of the problem where if we're doing the wrong things, then we can be causing that disc to become worse and worse. As we get older, as we've said before, that disc may gristle, etc., etc. But before we've got to that point, that pain may become more uncomfortable. It may become more regular because that disc in itself is getting is getting worse. It's degenerating more because of the things we're doing. So there's one element in terms yeah. of the tissue and the structure behind this pain initially but also the other part of it is the risk of becoming more aware of that pain and again back to these multi the multifactorial um, nature of pain there is the risk that that pain can become neuropathic it can become centralized and what we find there is that the original noxious stimuli and the irritation peripherally may have gone but because of changes in the central nervous system, and we talked last time where those fibers enter the dorsal horn in the spinal cord before they're then relayed up to the brain to be interpreted as pain, if there are changes there, which research has shown can happen, then general sensation, which enters the nervous system at a similar point, can then be interpreted as pain. And the, the classic um, analogy there is the phantom limb pain, where someone's had a serious injury maybe, um, or the, the the classic example with with regards to phantom limb pain is is sufferers in the the war who had to have limbs removed and they still feel pain in that right leg or that right arm which has been removed. That means the pain is centralised. So there's two elements here that that are important for us. There's the removing the constant irritation and degradation of tissue, and there's trying to remove the risk of this phenomenon of central sensitization 
yeah, central sensitization or neuropathic pain to yeah. make you fold it. And yes, just to clarify on that a little bit, we we discussed it uh, before, Ben, and we said we were not quite sure when exactly and what triggers the central sensitization. But when you have a chronic injury and you you uh, obviously keep picking that scab and you keep staying within those pain triggers that gives you pain, you have the risk of actually developing the central sensitization. So you have the risk of the undergoing the changes in the spinal cord that registers pain at, at the place where you originally had pain when you have a, 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 a stimulus that's not actually strong enough to give you that painful experience. Yes. And, um, and I think that's something that we absolutely want to try and avoid. And we're going to discuss now what we can do when, uh, when we get there, when we get to this situation. Yeah, and I think the, the good news really is that the approach is not dissimilar to when you'd have that initial acute pain that you might experience, whether that initial acute pain is, is significant or whether it's low, low grade, you've, initial, you've experienced that initial event you know yeah the the approach to managing that as we've discussed is going to be very similar to managing your chronic or your potentially even neuropathic pain and i think first and foremost as always it's about reassurance and the best treatment i know as we've said before is often providing reassurance to the patient first and foremost yeah i think the 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 approach is absolutely this it's absolutely similar the only thing that we would do slightly different when we have this central sensitized sensitized uh, patient is we'll actually be uh, a little bit more cautious and starting mm-hmm. to get them to move in the right way again because there will be like uh, like you mentioned there will be a lot of fear avoidance yeah so they'll avoid specific movements because from a little bit of stimulus they will already have or experience a lot of pain so we gotta get yep. that person. We gotta get that person to uh, understand that first of all, you know, these some of these movements or moving that injured area and moving it in some ways would experience would give them more pain than moving it in different ways or in other ways. And so if they start experimenting with that and and will they need the guidance to do it in a safe way, then they can they can overcome that experience of uh, of pain from a from a very small stimulus yes yeah we've almost got to we've almost got to work into the discomfort to a degree but be mindful of the fact that that the movements in doing that have got to be minimal and very gradual in terms of the progression yeah exactly that's it that's just have to take care of it. and then of course it's a, a building it up process and sometimes it takes time. I've seen it take time, maybe take a month uh, initially to get over that and to desensitize that central sensitization. Yes. Uh, but once the person gets going, then you know, then you can you can build it out depending on the tissue damage. Uh, but it's it's very doable, and I've seen that many times. Yeah, and I think that's the important point there is that, that you know this is absolutely reversible in it, it takes some work it takes some time and you need the confidence and reassurance that what you're doing is is right but 
with the right advice and with the right activities you can absolutely move away from this kind of central sensitization the centralized state of of pain and similarly with with chronicity and with chronic pain that may not be uh, neuropathic in nature doing the right activities and the right exercises will help to relieve or prevent that noxious stimuli affecting that peripheral tissue which in itself allows that to heal and you're not picking that scab so again you're able to confidently take an active approach to let those tissues heal to be allowed to then progress to to more complex movements and better strength to help prevent reoccurrence ultimately which is the aim yes and that that's what you want we want to create that environment where we can heal and if we look at that environment what's the ideal environment to recover and heal it's removing the pain triggers uh letting letting the brain know that certain movements we can do with freedom uh understanding how we protect the area if it would be the low back especially the bracing techniques mm-hmm. and if we're going to be picking things off off the ground or from a low place then we want to be able to use our our posterior chain the glutes and the hamstrings so we want to transfer the uh the, the bending and the work being done not by the back muscles but by especially the glutes yeah and then we want to look at, at, at things like relaxation exercises and we want to look at for example walking marching would be a very good idea to to get the movement back in there in a very neutral state for the low back and i think um we have to mention also just creating that environment where we're removing inflammation if we're in a state of inflammation so if we're eating um, poorly and we're not getting the nutrients in that we need especially those building blocks this is uh, crucial then we're already doing we're also doing ourselves a disservice in terms of healing yeah and I think that you know back to the the point of you know the multifactorial nature of of pain you know often we you know you can find the the vicious cycle of with these issues if someone is suffering from that that neuropathic pain or even chronic pain then often the impact of that psychologically can have a negative clearly which then may mean that they're not eating as healthily and they're not as motivated by you know those other things that that are potentially going to influence and exacerbate the problem so i think it's it's back to that reassurance and that advice that movements can be incorporated that can be safe and i think the point there is that it's finding those that advice and those movements that are not going to exacerbate or uh, cause damage. If you can confidently do an activity, again, back specifically to the lower back, if you can confidently do an exercise that we know is not going to have a negative effect on the tissue structures of the back, even if that causes some discomfort at first, we can be safe that it's the right thing for you to do and it's going to help down-regulate that potential neuropathic centralized state and certainly it's going to help to avoid any tissue irritation uh, or certainly avoid any tissue exacerbation in terms of um, again back to the disc influencing that disc herniation it's going to prevent that so you can confidently do these exercises and, and work into a bit of discomfort 
knowing that those activities mean that that discomfort is going to is going to go away over time but it does take persistence and it does take commitment as always as we've said to do but that active based approach is is so important and um i just want to share my own story with uh you know when we look at especially the fear the fear of of using a specific part of your body and how strong the brain is actually in protecting that part of the body. A couple of weeks ago, I hurt my big toe doing Brazilian jiu-jitsu, and it's been recovering. It was pretty bad for about a week, and then it was recovering quite well. You know, every day after a week, I was making a lot of progress. When I woke up in the morning, it was a lot better. But I'm so protective over my toe because it did so much pain that even if my wife would be sitting next to me, I'd be like looking at her feet the whole time to make sure she's not going to stomp my toe. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, mm-hmm. so I just want to say that, you know, the, the brain, you know, it's also good for us to understand how certain patients can be so incredibly protective. And I'm still in more or less the acute phase. So if it would carry on, I think it's something that goes into the subconscious. And yeah. we're not so acute we're not so uh, so aware of it anymore it's more a very it's more a protective thing that, that that sinks into the subconscious part of your brain and so you are avoiding these movements without actually thinking about it so much yeah no it's a great point it's a great point it becomes like you say a, a subconscious mindset that that there's that fear avoidance that you're not necessarily aware of but over time that means that you know, maybe you're you're developing poor habits that are, are then, you know, having a, a negative impact that you're not even aware of. And it's kind of breaking that cycle uh, and and ensuring that you've got the confidence to do the right movements. But but taking action every day, I think, to ensure that that you're moving forward, because it is so easy to get into that negative cycle and that vicious cycle of avoidance and all those other factors that 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 can become part of this kind of complex pain management that then makes it not impossible, but it makes it more difficult the further along that road you, you become, you come, you know? Yeah. And, and, and that's, if you, if you, if you enter the the sort of subconscious fear avoidance, that's where we develop these compensation, compensatory movement patterns. Uh, the, the, the main thing that we focus so much on, Ben, that's where, for example, you'd have pain um, in the low back and all of a sudden the muscles tighten up in the low back. So now we, we create like what we call a lower cross syndrome. So the low back muscles are taking over the work in the core and the front of the core would would would, would go asleep. And in a similar way, we'd have the glutes actually getting weak and we get the hip flexors in the front of the hip hips to become very tight and so now we get extra and more pressure through the spine in the low back yeah and 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 we get more stiffness in the hips and that's exactly what we don't want yes yeah and and that's what we what we also try to avoid with this uh, central sensitization or chronic pain state is those those uh, compensatory movement patterns that we develop because of the subconscious avoidance of, uh, of of the fear of those movements we don't want to initially 
we, we don't want to make because of the initial problem. Yeah, so, I, and I mean, I think the, the take-home message there is that, that whether you're suffering an acute event, whether you've had persistent pain over a number of months, or whether even you, you know, you suspect or you fear you may have this neuropathic central sensitized pain, the actual approach is very similar in terms of the movements we're going to recommend again specific to the low back as always on this podcast the actual movements and things that we're going to do are very similar and there's the 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 first point in terms of the reassurance is that the approach for those different problems is going to be very similar in terms of the movements and the active approach we want to take it may be that the intensity and the the number of exercises that are recommended for someone that is suffering that central sensitized state and neuropathic um, state is a far lower than someone in maybe the acute phase or certainly in that kind of chronic low-grade pain phase. But the approach is the same in terms of the actions and the movements, importantly. I think that's where the confidence should come for the listeners that are either exper- you know, experiencing any number of those states. It is absolutely reversible. It is a- absolutely manageable it may take more time it may take a more conservative approach for some than for others but the important message is if you get the right advice and you do the right exercises and the right movements and an active approach which is super important then the outcome can be the same for everybody yeah no that's that's it so i think we've talked about acute pain we've introduced chronic pain and and talked about this uh, neuropathic pain Um, we haven't gone in too much into the physiology because again there are blurred lines in terms of when acute becomes chronic the timelines how do things get to that stage of central sensitization neuropathic pain how does that occur actually that in itself is not too important for us we're not too concerned that the listeners understand that. What we want them to understand is that they can get better with the same approach. And I think next time what we want to focus on is diet and pain. And talk a little bit about nutrition and how nutrition can influence pain and how that can influence not just acute but chronic and neuropathic pain so that we are giving the body not just the best exercises and the best movement-based approach to heal, but we're giving it the best environment as a whole. And nutrition plays an important role in that. So I think the take-home message for today is whether you're in acute pain, chronic pain, or you suspect or fear you may have this neuropathic pain, management of that problem, specifically with regards to the back, is going to be very similar. It is reversible. It can be managed. It takes effort and dedication but it can absolutely be achieved by using the active exercise based approach that we recommend and that we um, support on the website that we have so head on over to that take some of that advice and start to introduce those exercises that are recommended to help manage that discomfort and next time we'll talk about the dietary nutrition approach that will help you 
even further in terms of managing that inflammation but in terms of giving your body the best environment for not just short-term but long-term recovery thanks again jacob as always guys head over to the itunes to to give us a rating it helps get the message out we'll be continually uh, improving our podcasts and and adding more content adding more content to the website and uh, over the long term we'll help improve those back pain sufferers and get you back to the activities that you love. Know.